1: Press record. I guess I'll press record then, shall I? Or something?
2: Do it. Hello Egg Chasers! It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are here after the first round of six nations matches, the most rugbyest time of the year. Happy Sixmas, as I've noticed it's been called by oh, some people. Ah, very clever. I see what they've done there. Whoever came up with that, very clever. Thank you very much for listening. It's uh, We're Egg Chases. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Timothy. That there is Phil.
3: Hello, Tim.
2: Phil, uh, one day away from the due date of <laughs> your firstborn, I gather.
3: Correct. Glad yes. to see you
2: here. Glad to see you here. Yeah,
1: well, well
3: nothing's happened yet, so I can, I can exactly. be here, can't
2: I? So, the thing is about Phil, right, um the thing is about Phil
1: yeah. go on
3: where's this
2: going I mean, this feels like diversionary tactics already <laughs> uh, yeah, quick well, get, 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 get me off the topic uh, of conversation <laughs> quick quick <laughs> go
1: on yeah the thing is about Phil um, when you listen to him you think spreadsheets and all the rest of it but the other thing you need to know about Phil he's an incredibly vain man <laughs> so um lo- loves the gym purely for aesthetics now always well turned out but today you've done your hair like Nic- like Nicola Sturgeon what, uh, <laughs> what
3: what's going on mate um it's just uh, getting a bit long. It is a little for, bit long. Going for a bit of a new look. Yeah. Uh That's interesting. Honest answer is 'cause we're not on um we're not on uh Facebook, Facebook Live, Live yep. or YouTube or anything at the moment. I don't really need to bother, do I? Exactly right. <laughs> no, you don't you
2: can find us um on YouTube. On Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Uh lots and lots of fun stuff's been batting forward there over the weekend. We'll get into that very soon. Uh, where? Where where? Where <laughs> on, on Twitter. that cesspit that I love to roll around in
3: (laughs) for someone who describes it as a cesspit you really really get involved in the cesspit sometimes oh yeah too right
2: and also on Facebook and I don't know if you've seen it boys but I've put up a little video today oh I haven't of how England beat Ireland
1: how did they beat Ireland
2: Uh, well they scored more points than them
1: that's good (laughs) Good.
2: but that's a spoiler but if you want to go and see that video that's on our Facebook page as well oh excellent Well well done you find egg chasers Now, um, I, I want to start with this little tweet to At Rugby Podcast from Hugh, who says, I cannot wait for the next Egg Chasers podcast. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Hugh. It's still early, but hashtag Downfall 2019 is off to a rocky start. It is, isn't it? It is. Jonathan Beardmore is going to be sweating like the Labour front bench <laughs> when their previous endorsements of Venezuela are mentioned.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they stopped investing. It's not been tried before. So, Phil, can we just recap? I mean, the whiteboard, I think we might have to have a ceremonial burning of the of the whiteboard in this podcast because on the whiteboard there has been uh, France will win the Six Nations. Okay, well, that's not done yet. It, it's not done yet. No, it's not done yet. And, he, uh, Eddie Jones will lose his job in England downfall 2018. Etc. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's
1: not on the board. Those things aren't on the board. France is on the board.
2: Marcus Smith to start for England does That's fly half uh, in the World Cup. Not looking good. Um. What other What other things has he said? Well. Well. well all, 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 you, like. Well. I, I actually, guess, if you had, on, if you if, if you had the choice, you would. Owen Farrell shouldn't be England's 10 and you have Danny Cipriani starting and Farrell not even on in the, on the bench? If you were playing
1: my style of rugby, yes. Yes, that is, <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what would happen. And maybe they should, which we'll get to later.
2: Interesting. So you must be feeling a little bit battered and bruised. Your ego must have taken a slight oh, a slight. Not knock. really. Uh,
1: I mean, I would say... Let's just talk about, straight about... Shall we just talk about the England match. Shall we just no, get it straight. No, no.
2: Say? Let's just talk about you first.
1: How... <laughs> yeah. Your
3: your usual favourite subject.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I will explain my reasoning later. But actually, if you're an England fan, there are, there are reasons to be enormously worried, uh, and we'll get onto all of that later. So yes, it was a great win, a tremendous victory, but uh, there are reasons to be worried.
2: What a fantastic first weekend in general, though.
1: It, it, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, <laughs> every game. Well. Every game had drama. I was going to say they all lived up to expectations but actually that Wales game except for the result was an absolute pig of a match. It,
3: it Well, so watching it with no skin in the game mm. I was fascinated just because of how kind of chaotic and unpredictable it was. Yeah. If I supported Wales or France, or as you kind of do, kind of both of them <laughs> right yeah. now. I would have hated to watch that game. I've never been so upset with a Wales, <laughs> win, you know. I was, I was actually <laughs> devastated. devastated. <laughs> it was as a neutral, it was like fasc- fascinatingly chaotic and unpredictable. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe it.
1: There, there were some stunning moments of glorious rugby in the Scotland game from the Scotland team. Yes. Uh, and Italy scored a couple of good late tries. Yeah, they did. I mean, I don't know how much, how much I, you know, how much credit I give them for that. Really, no, you know, a bit like garbage time tries. But you know, hey, they scored. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there was the brute power of England, mm. brutish.
2: Yeah, it really was. I mean, before before we get into that, why why don't I just read? Um, well, all of my in. no tweets,
1: because I stopped tweeting yesterday <laughs> about four o'clock. <laughs> uh,
2: why don't I read a quote from former Ireland boss, Eddie O'Sullivan. Oh, yes, please. Who said, and wait, for I'll I'll, I'll point when I, I need you, JB. Yes, yes, okay. Eddie, uh, Elio, Eddie O'Sullivan said in the Times on Saturday, I read this on Saturday morning, and I quote, you go through the two teams and pick a combined England-Ireland 15. The only two English guys you go for are Maru Itoji and Billy Vanapola. Using that as a barometer, this will be Ireland's day. Uh, England have a, a an average back, uh, sorry, a back row and midfield in turmoil, an average scrum half, and their pack is so-so. That's me looking at it logically. Today isn't where Ireland have to look out for booby traps. That will be our last game of the campaign in Cardiff.
1: Oh, poor Eddie.
2: Hey, but he wasn't alone. Uh, and you you were thinking we were going to be saying poor Eddie about a different Eddie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't on. Those in this room predicted an Ireland win. Yeah, I absolutely. England we, had, we all did.
1: I must admit, I got very, very edgy about my my prediction about Thursday when I saw that England team. I thought, hang on a minute. These aren't a bunch of clowns. In fact, far from it. Mm. Uh, and the main thing which gave me pause for concern was the England pack. I just looked at it and thought, Actually, that's bloody powerful. I still didn't think they'd win, and I still th- think, still thought the backs would let them down. Uh, and I also thought, you know, Manu Tuolangi can't possibly play like vintage Manu, but he could, well, and it made a
3: world of difference. It was, it was interesting because Manu played solidly. He didn't do anything spectacular. You not like. think? No, is like that, you, that we'll, old Theodore
2: well, Roosevelt quote. Uh, speak softly, but carry a big stick.
3: Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Like ha- Ooh,
2: having but, him there made Well,
3: sense. that's that's actually the biggest thing. So his presence sucked in defenders. So mm. if you watch the first try yeah. in 90 seconds when Johnny May goes over, exactly. that the space was created because Keith Earle dives straight in on Manu, leaving two men outside him. If Keith Earle holds off because there was other guys inside Earls, if Earls holds off, there's no try, and Earls takes down either Daly or uh, May with a drift defence. Yeah. and it. But th- So it was that, it was almost like the decoy of Manu was enough to disrupt the, what is a sensational um, island defence.
2: Oh, and on that first try, again, the pass had to be made and I'm Hell surprised how little it's been talked about, but I think that's because it was Owen Farrell that did it. If Bowden Barrett had done that pass, if Johnny Sexton had done that pass, if Danny Cipriani had done yeah. that pass, oh, my word. it would have been headlines. Headlines. Wonder
3: pass. That pass was absolutely sensational. He took out three defenders and he had his hands on the ball for a fraction of a second. It was absolutely magnificent. Yeah,
2: because the ball came back kind of unexpectedly quickly, didn't it? Because Billy Van got an arm free. Got an arm free. So uh, Owen Farrell wasn't expecting it, and yeah, instinctive, world class finish. Instinctive genius. Yeah,
1: it was. Yeah. So it was a very good display. Do you want, would you like to know why you should be worried as England
3: fans? Because you should be. You should be terrified. <laughs> I'd, so I would definitely not get ahead of as an England fan. I would not like the team to get the, ahead of themselves because it was a good performance. But it's, well, war, it's we've one won good, the World Cup now. That's it's it. one good performance. I'm well.
2: already. <laughs> I'm already. You know, um, I've got a little statue in my uh, in my loft room. It's, oh, the JB Cup have <laughs> got a little statue. That's how it is. got a little, like, one of those grog-type statues of Martin Johnson with the World Cup. I'm already imagining, um, like, putting the Owen Farrell one next to it. We've already won the World Cup, right? That's Yeah, it.
3: yeah, pretty much.
2: Pretty much yeah. you've done. We just beat the team that beat the team. By Dean Ryan logic, we're, we're best in the world now. <laughs> exactly.
3: Should be world number one. Yeah. So, go on. So, here's... So, both teams have got
1: real, real big questions to answer now. Mm. Uh, Ireland, first of all, have got a problem because... They are still probably the best team in the world. Probably. Okay. But what's been shown now is the architecture to beating them. Okay. We have a formula now and they actually... I mean, the way they lost is really disappointing because they didn't lose because one team just played really superb uh, rugby and outplayed them. They lost because they got beaten up and bullied and, and out pressured, uh, And that's exactly what they did, did to the All Blacks. Mm. That's how they beat the All Blacks. So I guess if you've got a team in front of you which is technically superior, and I would still say Ireland are technically superior, well, you just beat them up. And that's the most disappointing thing, because they couldn't front up and take on England. Which tells me that, yeah, you know, if they play 20 games against world-class opposition, Ireland probably win more games against those opposition than England. But if it's a World Cup final, and England, and they were to face England, and England come all guns blazing, they don't have the physicality to deal with England or anyone. So, you know, France could easily replicate that, or South Africa could replicate
3: that, that's yep. a problem. All Wales could replicate that. Yeah. Well, Cause, cause, yeah. I, know, I I, think all those things, I think just to expand on the point that you're making there a tiny bit, England did beat them up. And there, there were two facets to it in my mind when I was watching that. There was one, the, the upfront battle. And by that, the scrum, the line out, and particularly the rook. Mm. And I thought England's back row, I thought Wilson and Curry were sensational. Yeah. S- disrupted and securing. The other side of that is the defensive line and the speed of the defensive line. And we saw that time and time again where Ireland were were trying things. They were knocking on the door and guys who normally are so good at getting territory, like Bundyaki, like Ringrose, like Stockers, were just getting kind of swarmed and swamped. And it meant that Ireland were going to... They had to rely more heavily on the kicking game. And I think that both Sexton and Connor Murray were slightly off on their kicking game and yeah. out-kicked by their opposite numbers. But I
1: wonder... I mean, they just couldn't settle down. They never felt like... Yeah, they were kicking, but when they kick effectively, everyone around them is expecting the kick, it's part of the game plan, and, you know, they can get an effective chase on. Well, they're kicking because they're forced to, and therefore none yeah. of the teammates are ready. You know, they're, they're not able to go hunt the hunt those balls. And, it, you yeah. know, that's...
2: England's pressured them. There yeah. was a lot of reactive kicking rather than pro- yes. pro- proactive kicking yeah. yeah. on Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, and I totally, just to echo what Phil said... How, what, what about what I said. No no no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no cuz you you were layering on top of what Phil yeah. already said. You were saying Ireland weren't proactively kicking as they normally do. Mm. They were having to kick at times they didn't want to. Kick the ball away because they were under pressure and uh, yeah the, the impact of um um oh god. John, John Cooney, John Mitchell. All oh, right. The oh. impact of John Mitchell is right there and the the thing that was really noticeable about England's defense is how com- how tight they were. You like like thirteen of the of, of the defensive line or twelve or thirteen men were so close together, yeah, uh, almost like saying, "Have the wings island all yours." Go yep, for it. Go for
1: it. Uh, well, the other thing about the defense as well, and this is what is truly astonishing. In fact, both sides of the ball. I was watching the England defense real line, and I thought they are. I mean, they were sprinting in 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 into position. They couldn't be working any harder, and I don't mean getting off the line. They were sprinting into position before getting off the line. And I just was watching their organization, I so thought I thought, Christ, they they look they look too busy.
3: They look like they're gonna wear like wear themselves I, out. I was worried about that watching. Did, did you the, think yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I was watching the game and thinking, those boys are working so hard because England did a lot they had to defend a lot more than Ireland had to defend. Mm. They were working so hard and I was expecting them and someone like Macovinopolo, who was sensational in the game, he played seventy five minutes. Yeah. I was thinking, they can't they can't last. They just can't last at this intensity. And they did,
2: which suggests that, for all the stick that we, as much as anyone and, and lots of other people, have given Eddie Jones's uh, methods of conditioning, he has got his team in peak physical condition. Uh, well, this is where
1: it is going to fall down, I'm afraid. This is this is where we need to be very cautious. And if I, if I was an England fan, I tell you now, I'd be worried. Go on. Well. We know the England game plan, right? This this looked remarkably like the New Zealand game. Do, do you not
3: think? Yeah, that certainly the Definitely. first half an hour of the New Zealand game, England replicated that intensity, but for, yeah. I would say, 70 minutes. They wasn't, it wasn't quite perfect. They, they switched off towards the end of the first half and towards the end of the second half, but... Seventy plus minutes, they achieved that.
1: It also reminded me a little bit of Australia. you know when they went over there and they won three games? Because it's that sort of, I mean, that sort of intensity, that work rate, uh, and you kind of really, you kind of really understood why Haskell is so important to, to all that. Because you know that's what he is: big ball carrier, work rate, blah blah. Anyway, not not to revisit that. The problem is, Eddie Jones has one style, and when he has all his all his horses available to him, it's bloody brilliant. But if Manu isn't available, or Teo isn't available. I mean he's no, all no, the no. same. If
2: Manu and Teo aren't available.
1: Sorry, yes, Manu yeah. and Teo. Which by the way isn't the other realms that, of possibility. Is, is that not the
2: same for most international no. sides? No. Uh, it's if, not. if your first and second choice aren't available, it's gonna mean you might have it might impact the way you play. Uh no. Tell tell me a national what, so that doesn't no. and that wouldn't affect why. Ireland. Okay,
1: this, this is why. Okay. Because again, same with Billy, same with all the carriers. There is a very specific way Jones wants to play. So, if you think about, you know, so-called Warren Ball. Warren Ball has gone through all sorts of different variations of what this thing looks like. I think it might go
2: back to Warren Ball as well before
1: long. Well, depending on what they want to do, right? Eddie Jones has one way, and if he doesn't have all the players available to them, or if they're a bit jaded and they're they're not fit enough, or, you know, they're a bit banged up from a heavy season or something, this system falls down. So, when it works, it's amazing. And I think with all all the England players available... uh, in good condition, they could win a World Cup, but could they replicate that intensity for the, a whole a whole World Cup? I'm not sure they can. Well, I, that's I, my problem.
2: I think you've just described what would be the case for any country. No,
1: because countries adapt. Do, do uh, they? Teams adapt. Do,
2: do, what's what's
1: um... okay? So New Zealand, right? New Zealand
2: play. play... Oh, no, don't take out New Zealand because they've had the most settled squad, the most settled side, no, been no, the no. best performing. No, 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 well, no. It's, no it's I not because no, it's apples and oranges. It's like, not. Take they, another country. Take take um, Ireland. What would Ireland do if they lost okay, Sexton fantastic. and Carberry? No. That, that wouldn't affect them. Because what what I'm trying to say, Tim, is if
1: Ireland missed a few guys and had to change their style, they could change their style. So we've seen Ireland play one way against the All Blacks, yeah, which looked what, very much like What's their England. second way of playing? Wait.
2: I've not seen it.
1: Okay. Which is very much like uh, like England did. Um, and then if you look at you know, other games that they've had in this you know, in in the Six Nations, where, where they batter teams, they can play a different way. Wales have multiple ways of playing. Lots of teams have multiple ways of playing. Eddie Jones has one very specific way of playing, and that kind of filters down through the way they train, the way they condition, why it's so intense, Great. all these things.
2: Great. Well, now now England have the player pool that means of any nation on earth... If you lose one player you should be able to find someone of you a would, reasonable enough quality and I think that will be the case. It feels like you're you, just trying to You would have thought that wouldn't you're you? You're just trying to piss on England's chips a no, little bit.
1: No, I think it's I think it was one of the most impressive most powerful displays of rugby I've seen in about 2 or 3 years.
2: But still still it's it's uh, not enough. It's not it's not it's not good enough. You need to be able to do that and be world class at a different style. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. It's
3: interesting because the style is very different, I think, to how England were playing when they had the two pivots in with Ford and Farrell. Mm. So I, I think, and that that style served its purpose for a period of time, I'd be interested to see if Eddie Jones goes back to it for tactical reasons, depending on the opposition. Mm.
2: So that, that will be interesting. No, can I just yeah. say, Byron McGregor last week, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast of Byron McGregor, basically... Uh, uh, it's funny, funnily enough, he's a he's an international rugby player. He knows his stuff. He said Henry Slade the most the most talented player he's ever played with, and he just wants him to see it, do it on the international stage. He did it, and he got to see that. He talked about the the massive importance of the speed of the breakdown at international level, and England, England had that. that and disrupted. And yeah, and Mark Wilson, the combination and Tom to... Curry was so good. Mark yep. Wilson, like we were, all, we knew how much we'd miss Billy, Billy Vanopola, but it's unthinkable when you think back a year that we would be saying. God, we'd really miss Mark Wilson if he wasn't there. And, if you... and, a twi- and also, Byron McGuigan said, Tom Curry is absolutely, absolutely immense Yeah, and aged just 20. And uh, that guy, oh my God.
3: And he also said that Billy is one of a kind yeah. and possibly the best mm-hmm. number eight in the world. And I think all of those things were proven. Barry McGuigan knows his stuff. Yes, he does.
1: Um, and just to add to the Tom Curry thing, I mean, what are they going to do when they've got Tom Curry and the War Orc?
3: Like, <laughs> ready, well, underhill, like I, ready to go. I, I, did, yeah. say, I did say
2: it a couple. I did say a few weeks back that I think underhill to hooker. I think underhill won't make <laughs> the World Cup because one, I liked Curry, and two, you just he's gonna he's a body wreck. I, yeah, but I, you can't rely on him. Tom being Curry does, does get injured.
1: You know, he's had a broken arm. He's had a few bits bits pieces of his shoulder. I think. Yeah, you know, I just think the way that both Curry and Underhill play, and Willis, because he he'll when he's fit he'll come back into reckoning. I'd guess. Um they're all just so massively physical that they're all going to get hurt at some point. So one of those three, they're all good enough to play,
3: uh, just whichever one is fit for the World Cup. So I think an interesting thing from this, uh, just talking about Wilson's performance in particular, um, I think there's a number of senior players who are not available at the moment through injury who will really struggle to get back in this team. Who are you thinking? I'm thinking Hartley and Rob Shaw, Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, and Anthony Watson. And and JJ as well, I think. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think I think all three of those because I loved that. I loved that performance of the back three. I think Daly, while not perfect on the high ball, was more secure. And I thought, for, for the reasons that they were picked, Noel and May in oh, very different ways. N- Noel so good because everyone, cause everyone was saying, "Oh, England
2: have to start cocking a singer. We have to start cocking a singer." I, I wasn't. I wasn't subscribing to that.
1: I
3: definitely wasn't subscribing to that.
2: Uh, Jack Noel showed. And, and they were and so he did, he did pack down on the flank. He, well. he did what a thinker! <laughs> yeah.
3: but but those two played so differently, um yeah. but were both superb Noel, his work rate was exceptional the the carrying he come he, he was given free rein to come inside, work off nine, work off ten, and pick and go and carry, and he was really effective doing it, mm. whereas May was on the wing, I thought his uh defense and kind of positioning. And solidity under the high ball was unlike I've ever seen with with Johnny May, and his speed, both for his try and for the kick through for the uh, the Slade try, were super. That was a hell of a performance by Johnny May. Mm. It's a he's got uh, six foot long legs as well. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that, uh, that I do. I, I can't try. wait
1: for next week's game because obviously France are going to Twickenham. Correct on the Sunday, and they're enormous. And I'm not sure you can. I'm not
3: sure you can run through France in, in the same way. Well, it, it's going to be a real test because that game would have taken so much out of that England team. I
2: don't think it was England's... Exactly. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Phil. Yeah, exactly. it, would, it will have done. You're 100 percent right. I don't think it was actually England's sheer size that actually meant you're saying they're going. They're not going to, be a able lot of to run size. Over it's the of intensity. It was, it was the speed of the breakdown. Again, just you just go back and watch each of England's tries. I and I watched the game a few times, and I've, again, I've made that video on Facebook. You should you should have a look. But um, Tom Curry and Mark Wilson blew the crap out of the Rocks. The ball was—I mean, Ben Youngs had his best game for a while. Yep, yep. And despite the fact that uh, I saw him getting the same rating as Conor Murray in loads of newspapers and stuff today, we'll get on to. Get on let's to not that.
1: talk. Let, let, oh, actually, I said let's not talk about coverage of the rugby. Let's please talk about coverage of the rugby, particularly the Welsh, uh, the Wales France game. Because, oh yeah! 100%. 100%. <laughs> wow, hundred percent. Wow. Anyway,
2: Curry and uh, Wilson between them just made the ball on a platter so fast for, for, and I actually think it was the speed, not the size of England that.
1: Well, you've got to carry the that, ball. That actually... You know, you've got to carry the ball, you've got to get on the front foot and getting on the front foot and, you know... Yes, when, I but, mean, if the way you have,
2: but if you have guys that are so effective at the breakdown... sixty forty rule, Tim. Then... then do, you,
1: do you know the sixty forty rule? What? Sixty percent of the, of winning the ruck back is all about uh, is all about the ball carrier. Only forty percent for the for, for the for the supporting guys. That's how you should work it. So like you've okay, got to get over but, but, you've got to get over the line. You've got to create a weak shoulder. You've got to work back, and then you guys can, can support you. And that again, this is my sort of problem here, which is if they lose, co- if they lose the game line, if and, if, and well, if, yeah, exactly. And if, you
3: know, France are a big team. If. France are a big team. I, I think that would be another very right, you, good test.
2: You, you, you should do a, a version of Rudyard Kipling's poem, If.
3: Yes, I can do that.
2: If all these things happen, then France will beat England. Exactly. Just sport, sport is all about ifs. Uh,
1: so, yeah, that, 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 if, that's my only concern. I'm if, not taking away... If,
2: if any of your predictions came true, then the right the whiteboard might have some credibility.
1: Oh, Tim. Tim, <laughs> Tim, Tim. <laughs> right.
2: No um. Okay, uh, what, no, I want to. I want to talk about this because, um, in the wake of the game, I did spend a bit of time on Twitter.
4: No,
3: Whoa. you didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> why did you do it to yourself, Tim?
2: What I've learned is you hate.
1: That, wh- wh- okay, I've got a question for you before we talk. Why yeah. do you hate all, all the Irish people?
2: I don't hate Irish. Why, people. No,
1: but why do you hate them though? If you was what are you talking about? Just you know, just you, you. Go on, go on. Let's see. Okay, so these are tweets with with England fans, yeah.
2: Um.
1: No, uh, Welsh fans. No, we had a uh, lot of French fans. We had a
2: lot of wonderful, very magnanimous uh, Irish fans getting in touch and I think they're probably they are representative of the the mass of people in general from that proud, wonderful island. Which you hate so much. <laughs> there are also some flat earth deniers that are island <laughs> rugby fans <laughs> who who think that physics is a conspiracy that's been socially constructed just to deny them winning rugby games. Yeah. Well, because I, because they, they they will not let it go and think that England shouldn't have had uh, Henry Slade's first try because it was a forward pass to Johnny May.
1: wasn't the forward pass.
2: They think that Maru Itoji should have got a red card, that Tom Curry should have got a red card. Uh, they think that Mako Vinopoulos' try definitely shouldn't have been a try. And they think Kean Healy, despite the fact he didn't actually ground the ball, there was no question that should have been a try. It's on the, the level of cognitive dissonance and... It's just unbelievable after a game.
1: And interestingly, so one of the few times that I've heard the Irish actually wanting a hard border
2: hey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: on their own try line.
3: <laughs>
2: so can we just deal with those? But, uh, Tom Curry shouldn't have got a yellow card.
3: Uh, no, no, I thought it uh, was harsh. Gar-, Gar-, Gar says described it as late with no arms or late with a shoulder. Um, it was, it was marginally Marginal. late. Marginal. It yeah. was marginally late. And it
1: was slowed down. I yeah, just don't think that's a yellow he, he card. He
3: completely... Ra- he hit him very hard, but he, it was a full wrap. So yep. I I'd, I'd also agree. It's not a yellow card.
2: So w- lovely, lovely little bit of uh, milk in it from Keith Erd as he got the magic sponge. Um, the, the forward pass to Johnny May, or oh, it wasn't... It was just not, not, a, for- just not a forward pass. not, not a forward pass. It. And just... his physics, we're not going to discuss it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Keane Healy didn't ground his try.
3: So I, I think...
2: van Napoleon had his hand underneath.
3: So... I think there was.
1: I actually think that the England the... try should have should not have been a try. The one
3: which looked yeah. like it's held up. So on, on I think Keane Healy. I think there's enough doubt to from the video that I've seen to, to go agree with the to, on-field to, decision. to, yes, to yes. agree with the on-field decision. I, I agree
2: with that. And Mako Vina try was ruled out. However, I for the same reason you said about when you slow it down, it, it like I would. That's just a try. That is a try. For me, um, is this the one that we went to the video ref? Yeah. yeah, that's a try. Um, I believe he scored it,
3: but I couldn't prove it. So, the doubt was not because the ref um, gave it on the pitch, the ball yeah. was on the line, that wasn't what they were checking. It was whether it was a double movement. So, he, he oh, lands and he then kind of pushes off a second time. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I had it on mute. I'm actually okay with the, I'm, I'm okay with both those decisions. I think there is some inconsistency going to video ref for one, but not the other. Yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, so I would have been happy with them both being a try or both not being a try, but, but but as it happened, Ireland got the rub of the green, they got their try, which probably wasn't, and in my opinion that is, and England didn't get a try, which probably was, meaning that could have been an absolute beatdown. Uh, another moment that's, that's worthy of mention is uh, Peter O'Mahony before 6pm <laughs> on ITV, a couple yeah. of C-bombs,
3: You've not I, got I, this, have you? I,
2: I laughed my head No, I'm not going to play the audio. I was it, I it, laughed my head off.
3: It was funny. It was so... Do you know what?
2: <laughs> so I'm sure it's a term of endearment where he's... Oh, uh, yeah.
3: Where he is, yeah. it was two uh, sinks, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, good old Carl Sinclair. He's. So um, I do actually think this is a pretty
1: good loss for the, for the Irish. That's, that's the other thing about this game. I, I think they needed to lose prior to the world cup
3: i i think they'll learn from this yeah i do as well i I think they'll learn massively and i think they'll learn how they can counteract that style of
1: well it's either gonna be that or there's gonna be a seed of doubt in their head now because i think they we've all been in in that team when we thought we were invincible and then you then you get beat and it feels like your world's ended yeah and i bet it feels the same way
3: yeah so just just on
2: it'd feel like the way you do when you walk past your whiteboard
3: uh, no I know the whiteboard is solid <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, absent from the room though isn't it uh, I use it as a spray table well, uh, spray model airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just there's one thing that I think was quite interesting about the way that England went about not about their the physicality or anything like that is the way that they did try and disrupt and it was it's almost Saracen-esque in some of the stuff so they and and um, Peter O'Mahony dropping the C bomb a couple of times is probably a good example of just how they managed to disrupt and um, frustrate some of the big key leaders, the senior players, because uh, Sexton, Murray, and O'Mahony were all yeah off their game. And th- there was a couple of times there was Manu throwing uh, Sexton I onto love the that floor.
1: Clip. It's so it's so symbolic,
3: isn't it? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> There's also Itoji holding Sexton into the rook. Because,
1: I mean, it's very NFL-y, right? In fact, you know, it goes for most sports. But Sexton's not a big bloke. You know, well, and if you get your hands on him, you can really rough him up. And it doesn't matter if it's around the outside of the rook, or it doesn't matter if you're running over him, or you're tackling him. If you can get to him, you know, there's a lot of things, things you can do. And that's exactly what England did do. And, well, the, you, you,
2: you can throw him like a rag doll if you're Manu Toulanghi. You can tackle and rip the ball off him if you're Owen Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Too beautiful. But, I mean, moments. just
1: think about how much bigger and stronger both Owen Farrell and Manuwar than Johnny
3: Sexton. I wouldn't have said Owen Farrell's that much oh, bigger. Oh, I would. Oh, no, Maybe a um, stone heavier. Both about the same height. The, no, I think I think Sexton's, Sexton's taller. Yeah, Sexton's six, six, is, six is two,
1: taller. It's But he's not big. He's not like that powerful build that Owen Farrell is. Uh, Owen Farrell's quite a powerful man. And, you know, they just get hold of him, they ragdoll him. But usually he's, you know, in NFL parlances, he's usually got a very clean pocket to work in. And that just isn't, that just wasn't the case.
2: Hmm. So uh, on Owen Farrell then, you've got, you got, got to concede, despite despite saying that, you know, you wouldn't even have him in your squad and Siphon well, should be starting, Owen Farrell nothing, was, was world-class in that game. He
3: was, absolutely he was. Yeah. Um, nothing inconsistent about what he said, though.
2: And he was a, a very calm leader, right?
3: Well, that's that's the kind of disparity that I wanted to to flag up. The difference, people were looking at Owen Farrell as potentially being rattled, and it was actually probably like Sexton who but, got a little I mean, bit rattled yeah, but, and I frustrated. Mean, I've always said the same thing about him, which is he
1: needs an inside centre who can do a lot of heavy lifting, and he and he had that. And he needs back row that can
3: do the same, and exactly. he had, he had and, that.
2: And someone else around him who can take some of the load creatively off him, which, again, he, they used Henry Slade brilliantly for yeah.
1: that. Yeah. So I, I'll continue to say he's a great leader. He's a great player. I still don't think that he should be captain, although this is a massive feather in his um, in his cap. Uh, yeah, nothing... hasn't really changed anything that I think about Owen Farrell. You're not talking about his tackling this week, though? Uh, yeah. Well, he made his tackles,
2: because in the same way that... Well, he missed a few. He missed three. But, um, but, the, but the point is that the, the, the system... That, that's a system thing because because um, oh. Mark Wilson missed five I think
1: uh, but, I don't I, I, but he I don't also about...
2: made 27
1: well yes okay so you know it's not yeah, he's right, been the, making that, a huge that, amount of tackles
2: being the sure Mark, that being can... the Mark Wilson which the rugby paper rated 6 out of 10 and a uh, quote among the words they used to describe him, they used quiet.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure these people know their rugby that well. Twenty, twenty-seven um, tackles. Yeah, no, that, it's a quiet day. At the it's office, a quiet day. I mean,
2: uh, I mean, I want to see him when he's really going for it.
1: Mort Wilson, frankly, <laughs> is this generation's Richard Hill. I mean, he's un—he's unspectacular, yet he's absolutely spectacular. You know, if you understand what he's there to do, I mean, yes. you've got to. I mean, if you, if you're going to be a rugby journalist of, of any calibre, you have to. Acknowledge and admire what Mark Wilson does.
3: Simple. Uh, Mark Wilson, so him and Mako, who both got 27 in this game, so that that is the most tackles for... In, anyone playing for England since 2012, yeah,
2: yeah, so the most tackle since 2012. And, and sorry, the, the word wasn't quiet. I'm reading the I'm reading the rugby paper review now says was not as conspicuous as in, in the autumn, but gave it everything. It was a little, a little bit like give him a certificate for participation, yeah. come on, yeah. You, you he tried was absolutely tried hard. like try saying Mark Wilson, eight out of ten, immense. Yeah, Mark Wilson opposite
1: uh, British and Irish Lion Peter O'Mahony. Immense. Uh, yeah,
3: Lions captain Peter Oh
1: uh, Yeah, immense. It's just yeah. immense. I mean, he outplayed his, his opposite number. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. Mark Wilson's one of the most annoying players to me uh, by a country mile because, uh, as I've been saying for quite some time, oh. there are so many players that could make a difference to England if only they get, they get a shot. It took a, a whole cavalcade of injuries to
3: get Mark Wilson his chance at international
1: rugby. And now he's there. He's awesome.
3: He is, yeah. Um, I do think, so final bits now, On we've probably talked about England and Ireland yeah. long enough, but yeah. um, I do think Billy coming back was massive yeah. for, for the carrying. Um, because when you've got someone like Billy, you can have other guys like Itoji, like Mako, like Sinks, who can chip in and do, and Tuolagi, who can chip in. Billy is so important because he he, as we said before about argue he just sucks in so many defenders. And you know
1: that's exactly my point. With all the players, this this system is brilliant. You move, you remove Billy, you remove a hard carrying centre. They've got real real issues, and that
2: that's my that's my main problem. But, but then they, you're such a you're such a contradiction because you really. always say like no, a good coach picks the system based on the players he has. You and yeah yeah, yeah. rather than picks rather than says. But is this not just the perfect storm of having your system
1: and all the players available for it? There's nothing wrong with There's nothing contrary about that, is there? Well,
2: no, but then what... So what do you want? You just... You, you want... I've told you exactly what I want. If you just repeat what I said, you know, it's it's obvious. So... You want him to have... Every a backup different, plan. Every different he system needs to have, for every different possibility. Yes, yes. So, he needs to have a so, backup plan. So that, like, for the, example, as Phil pointed out, the... Backup plan. We don't need to go into this again. But, like, as Phil pointed out, the... The, the first two years he was in charge where he played a totally different system. With, he didn't play... A com- to to, to, so, great, so to he, great
1: effect. He did not play a completely different system. It was actually very, very two, similar.
2: Two fly halves. Um, well, he's still you. Know, he's
1: still got two distributors. It doesn't matter if your distributor is at 10... Sorry, 12, 15, or 15, or 13. You've still got two distributors there. It's not... You know, it's not a world away, is it?
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, England, uh, Wales, France?
3: Wales, France. Where to start?
2: <sighs> what a way to get this. Are this... Um, a load of people say before France play I wonder which France is going to turn up well both of them
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did. they they really did because in that first half in dreadful conditions the French team their halfbacks in particular um, other than their kicking at sticks but they were so composed they, they had so much time on the ball their decision making was excellent they controlled the game brilliantly Completely different to Wales, who just couldn't help but Wales. knock on everything. Wales were garbage. That first half, they were awful. I mean, they, they, they did nothing.
1: Uh, I mean, I can't see Anscombe playing 10 again. Uh, people were... There's people on Twitter... Um, Hang on, I'll do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, who were saying, you know, the ne- uh, 10 for Wales next week will have to be Anscombe again. And I just think, not a hope. I mean, it's a, it, there are things not in his favour. It was wet. I think he's much better in the
2: driver. Oh my God, I can't stand people saying this. Yeah, I'm with it you. It happens all the time. People say it like... It's wet, yeah. Okay. Is, it's like, yeah, it, well, one, he grew up in New Zealand. <laughs> what well, I think it's a like desert.
1: <laughs> Jesus. He grew up in, in the Gobi Desert. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and he's hydrophobic. Um, <laughs> he grew up in New Zealand. And also, France demonstrated in the first half
4: yeah. That
2: that rain I'm you, I'm is, is completely irrelevant. Like wind and rain, I can understand extreme conditions can be bad, but a bit of rain shouldn't affect your core skills of top international players. So that is just a yeah. well, rubbish uh, excuse. I, I
1: think we pretty rapidly found out he's not a top international player. Well, yeah. Although the rain the rain definitely stopped him running that extra half inch to tackle Louis Pickamall. Not even <laughs> Did not <he> even try? <laughs> he didn't even try and, and as he, as Louis Pickhamall dived in I was thinking do you know who would try and make that tackle Big, yeah bigger. bigger he might wipe himself out in the process of doing it but he would Big, definitely
3: yeah. try Bigger would put his body on the line not yeah. not over chase and then stop and watch him go yeah and then apologise to sorry, sorry, sorry guys my I, bad. Uh, he just stepped me too vicious His Pickhamall's step and then I
1: I can only assume Anscombe is working with a sports psychologist have
2: you ever can you ever remember <laughs> oh, oh. kind of uh not like trying to make it look like you were trying but not actually trying to. oh yeah
1: someone. oh yeah a few times uh phil you must no. have come up
2: against some big championship wingers
3: yeah
2: right.
1: phil's got a reputation for being a good tackler
3: yeah i never ever tried out of a tackle that's why i was injured so much yeah i've tried out many um <laughs> many uh and not because i didn't want to make the hit just because maybe i was a bit tired uh,
1: that's, 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 that's the other one um yeah, Anscombe, right, I'm certain is working with a sports psychologist. Do you know the guy who writes on pen,
2: uh, F it, back it, B-Y? What, yeah. no, no, so George Ford had that on the back of his hand again Oh, I thought again Ben Youngs had it. No, no, no. No, Fordy did. It was George Ford, he had Effort um, by Ben F, F it, Ben Youngs,
3: or back,
2: back yourself. Uh, he, he had that on his hand again.
1: <laughs> Screw Ben Youngs. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that Anscombe must be working with someone, right, because obviously whispered into his ear, hey, if it's a, if it's nearly any distance, you you take it, you back yourself. And the first two kicks he took just fell pathetically short of the posts. Then he slices one after he misses the tackle on Louis Pickamalls. I, I, I can't see this going much further as, uh, with Anzum at 10. That's what, that's what I'm if saying. If you had Lee Harpenny
2: yeah. in your 15, though, would that make a difference? I mean, that'd make a difference to the kicking. Oh, yeah, of course it kicking, would. Kicking, yes. Of course that'd make a difference to the kicking, but with, with, with the fact you had someone who could kick, would you then, just on the balance of play... Take goal kicking out of the equation. Would you then want Ains to come over?
1: No, no, yeah. I wouldn't because I just think bigger's world class. I mean, I think bigger. I think bigger is very similar to Farrell, um, and you know he, he can just he's he, just a much more all-rounded player. Yeah, I think in those first like, in those opening exchanges when the Welsh ball carriers are getting smashed and they're knocking it on. Bigger will settle down the game, kick it wherever he needs to, go and, you know, go and chase the ball, that kind of thing. Ainscombe has like, one setting, which is let's, let's challenge the line. He didn't even do it very
2: successfully. But I think, I think this is evidence of the fact that Gatland is realising where his true strengths lie within his squad. Mm. Trying to get the ball to Liam Williams, well, y- so Jonathan that- Davis and, and, and George North. Um, trying to get these guys the ball. I think that's what the Ainscombe thought is. Well, Ainscombe is a good player coming off the bench.
1: Because you know, if you can, if you're chasing a game, maybe not this game, because you know the opposite happened. But if you're chasing him, and think about uh, England Wales last year, they brought Ainscombe on. It was bloody brilliant because he can challenge the line yeah, as totally a broken, a, yeah, and a broken field yeah, runner yeah. as well.
2: I understand but, it, but I think but Gatlin is clearly trying to evolve that to being the the model of how Wales play.
1: Yeah, well, he's also got Pratchell's come back, and I think Pratchell's probably more talented than both of them combined. So he'll be looking at him as well uh there you know there are other options for Wales I just don't think anscombe's it. Let's talk about france because they're more they're more interesting
2: Yeah, fr- france couldn't have been more French if they were a baguette in a yellow gilet on strike crushing paris yeah on strike <laughs> causing civil unrest yeah uh they were it was peak peak france they peak were French. so good like the first fifteen,
1: maybe the first ten um Iwini Antonio, every time he got his hands on the ball, would make yards. Uh, Wilhelm, whatever his name is, he was an absolute... I, I,
2: I did love Eddie Butler pronouncing... I love it when he pronounces naturalised French players in a French accent. Oh, no, no.
1: There's, there's
3: one better.
2: Because like, uh, it was... What was it? Christian... Not Christian, is it? What's his first name? But he's, he's a Namibian-born, South African-raised...
3: Wilhemsey.
2: Wilhemsey. Well, <laughs> well, how about Thomas Castagnierd? who everybody
1: knows as Thomas Castagned. He said, Thomas, what is going down by by the side? Yes, he's French, but his name is Thomas. It's clearly and obviously Thomas. Um, That's fine. I think France are going to come back from this. I think they're going to be a bloody, a bloody strong team.
3: So, I I think you're right in that. I think, so when I was looking at this French team and they have got, this is before the game, they've got bags of talent they've got an enormous pack they've got leaders all over the field but they've this team this team as it was written has hardly played together no and like game time for key combinations and key um positions and decision makers isn't there so you knew they were going to come unstuck watching that first half i thought oh ignore ignore everything that i've just said because they've just clicked they've got it even in this Terrible conditions against a, a what's a very good J uh, very good Wales team, JB Cup holders. JB Cup holders. Um yeah. I thought oh ignore ignore that kind of uh Ben Darwin theory of uh contractual stability and playing together means you're a better team. Because this this French team has just proved it wrong.
1: Do you reckon Ben's got the most influential theories of any man with the surname Darwin?
3: <laughs> it's up there. It's up there, isn't it? Definitely it up there. More, Top it's more two. More two. Top two. And then so, first half, I was ripping up kind of what I thought, based on what Ben Darwin tells me to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> and th- th- thinking that I'd got this completely wrong, only to be proven completely right. Like, almost too right, that theory, yep. in the second half. Because that French performance was like, they've never played together. It's like, like at times, they'd never even played rugby. I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: uh, the thing which just broke my heart, right, like, was... The the Mahina twenty yard pass. Oh, all. I mean he was so you, good, and he's a bloody brilliant player. And you know, lots of what France were doing was going well. The lineup was okay. They were disrupting Wales. You know they yeah. they had big carriers. Lamb Lomb- Lomb- Lombi from Leon comes on, starts wrecking people. Yeah. Um. You know uh, Bamba comes on. You know their props can carry.
2: By By the way, he he's gonna have to. I, earlier in the year, I did do a great name, a uh, great name rugby player fifteen and. Demba Bemba gets in. Yeah, Demba Bemba
3: is in. He's amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, and okay, then um... but
3: yeah, like Vahamina, what what are you good at? You're over twenty stone. You're six foot seven. You can carry. What are you good at? Do that. Yeah, carry. Just run run straight. Don't train through. In
2: particularly, run straight after you're the recipient of the second awful Bad pass. pass.
3: Yeah. yeah. How can I compound this terrible pass? Yeah. It's a multiplier effect. He's, yeah.
2: he's like, just... every, when
3: has he actually done this successfully? That would uh, be my question. And he was captain at the time. Uh, he was the captain. It was such a bad decision. And it, it was brilliantly read by George North. Yeah, because but, George but, North he was terrible. He, he, he finished those two tries brilliantly. He got but, man of the match. Do I you know, know that? that that is outrageous because he didn't do anything else. Uh, well, for the UJ try, yeah. it was completely him. There was no one else to blame for the UJ try. Uje, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. It, what... It's it's a one person error that, that yeah. North slid in, and again, you finished it brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, I would also say on the balance of things,
1: maybe, maybe Wales did deserve to win, because I, I was very upset.
3: and I was thinking, um, <laughs> so upset that your your country, the team that you support, won.
1: Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I thought oh, Wales are lucky they've got an interception try. They've got the Uje mess up.
2: But I thought, no. Uge, Uge excellent at saluting after he, I scores, love after he scores a try. Not so good as you know
1: catching a rugby do ball. Do you know what I love most about Uge? I mean, maybe the most. It's just how much he winds people up. Yeah. How yeah. much people hate him. And yeah. It just makes me love him even more. I'm but like, God, stamp on
2: someone. Stamp on I, someone's I, head. I love that. That makes me love Owen Farrell as an England yeah. fan. I yeah, love, I love yeah. Owen Farrell so much because I love how much the other nations. And
1: Mike Brown as an. Is and an Mike England Brown fan. as well, Yeah, Yeah,
2: totally.
3: but they, don't, they can't hold a candle next to Uge. Oh, true. I mean, he's so slippery as well. Well, the the slipperiness of Uge, it paid off perfectly for his try as he slid into the corner. But he was obviously extra greasy for this game. Oh, so greasy. In the rain! His paws combined with that (laughs) torrential downpour, the grease exuding from his paws. I mean, I've said it before, but if
1: you could literally scrape the grease off... uh, uh, Uge, it would make a car engine run forty percent more efficiently. Oh, that, Ab- that's, absolutely. That's how slippery he is. They, <laughs> um,
2: the, the, you talk about like they, they picked George North as man of the match, and he scored a couple of tries, fine, great, good for a good for a fantasy. Not I would not I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked him as man of the match, but basically there was another moment um where the same people that were picking him as the man of the match, the, the commentary team, also said, I think it might have been Jiffy actually. Oh, you can hear the Welsh crowd singing and it was Oh. oh for god's sake i can't i've got the wrong clip don't worry about it because
1: yeah. if you were in wales you'd have been treated to the bbc wales wales uh, france pre-game show
2: oh no i just say what what, what before, oh please before, please, before, please but, do so, so uh jiffy jiffy said oh you can hear the welsh fans singing now and it was the french crowd singing the marseillaise <laughs> 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 like, are you sure fair. that's that, are yeah. you sure they're welsh
1: yeah it's not really fair because I guess as a commentator there could be a group of Welsh fans oh, beneath course. you. Of course, everyone can get some yeah, of the stuff
2: yeah. wrong. I, I...
1: But you can't get this wrong, right? Which was the Wales versus France pregame, one of the worst, the worst conceived shows ever to hit TV.
2: That's a big statement.
1: Oh no, this was terrible. Okay, so um, the the panel is star-studded. Okay, so uh, Gabby Gabby Logan is presenting it with someone else who I can't remember. Sam Warburton's on there. Uh, oh, you know, sounds uh, Ra- great so far. Rachel Taylor, who um, sounds brilliant. also coaches Colwyn Bay, my first ever club. And, you know, I think record cap holder for uh, uh, for Wales. Do you know who they had on as the French expert for rugby? Oh, and a comedian of some, some sort. Who is, the French, who is the French expert? Who, who, who do they rope in? So... Castagnard. Oh, Castagnard, no. Um...
2: Raphael Ibanez.
1: Oh no! Come on, really Sir, think, really Sir's think Blanco, rugby.
2: Philippe Sellas, Philippe Be- Santandre. Andre, Bet- Betson.
1: More, more rugby. The most rugbyish French guy you can think. And a legend of French rugby.
2: Um, Sholly Bernard Sholly.
1: <laughs> that would have that would have been so that been amazing. Uh, French chef Michel Roux. <laughs> he, Englishman, Englishman, who pretends to be a French Dan, chef, Michel Roux, was there uh, to tell us about the French team. You're joking? No, he, no, this he, is deadly serious. He is, a, he
2: is a rugby fan. He likes his rugby. He likes Quins. Well, good for him.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So, I was watching this show. And I thought this is garbage. So um, it was kind of. I think they wanted to have like some sort of panel show quiz, you know, jolly, you know, non serious thing. And then and then they panned over to a feature that they made and i i can't tell you who this woman is but there's some woman who did a feature about the french team and they told me absolutely nothing about france it was like rehashed rubbish jokes about oh they like to eat onions <laughs> oh and they like garlic <laughs> not a single bit of rugby analysis and when they come back to the studio they had to tell us facts about the game like oh um did you know that uh did you know that um it used to be four points for a try. Like, yeah,
3: I know all that, but you're about to play yeah, France that, versus Wales. That's completely irrelevant to this game that's happening right now, the biggest game in, in world rugby right now. This is what happens when you have no competition,
1: right? <laughs> and all the money in the world. You, you make absolute dross. And, you know, I couldn't be more... If you watched rugby for the first time ever and you think, what, what is this? It's just, it was awful. It was awful.
2: Who, who do you think did the, the best coverage of the weekend? Oh,
1: uh, ITV, yeah. probably.
2: Well, yeah, I thought... Um, I, I enjoyed the Scotland of Italy game.
3: Yeah. So I, I really like Paul O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love him being in yeah, comms. Yeah, he's great. I think, I think as a pundit, because he's he's quite kind of... He, he contemplates exactly what he's going to say every time. He's very purposeful in what he says.
2: Very purposeful and very gentle.
3: Very slow. Yeah, very slow and gentle. Um, it means he's not as good a pundit where you've only got, say, 10 or 20 seconds to make a statement. When you've got a longer period of time of listening to him in comms in the game, he's brilliant.
2: Yeah, Paul O'Connell's great. Love John Barkley.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but you, you you love John Barkley like I like, like I love AJ McGinty. Yeah, it's not really got, fair. Like, Who scored a hat trick this week?
2: It's a slight <laughs> man crush on John Barclay. Yeah, um, and but but I love ITV. I
3: do. I love listening to any game, uh, commentating Commentated on by Nick Mullins. He, he yeah, within he's the first few he, 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 used,
2: he used one phrase which I still haven't quite worked it out, but I love it. Uh, what was it? Percussive defense by England. It's not mm. quite
1: as good as charismatic megafauna. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> but it's good. It's good, Nick. And well it's done. not. And it's not quite
2: a rolling ball of barbed wire to describe Sinotti Sinotti. If um, if he, if he
1: still does listen, I'm not sure he does. But if he still does listen, if you could describe, he listens on a Tuesday. Oh, does he? Well, yeah. if you could describe a pack at one point as. Look, look Look! Look! at the size of those men, those, char- those charism- <laughs> charismatic meg- megafauna. <laughs> I would be delighted. By the way, it's not a phrase that I've come up with. I think the hunter, Cameron, Cameron Haynes, came up with that. But
2: Me- anyway. A megafauna is just a word to describe animals. Animals, yeah. yeah. Big so,
3: animals. So in terms of the coverage, I did find some of the artsy shots of the raindrops falling from the French TV oh, production the sp- crew. Oh,
2: spider cam shot of yeah. the raindrops. Oh, it was so good.
1: Oh, I've got one hell of a story about uh, how I watched the game on, on Friday. as with friend of the pod, Brim Williams. Yes, and that's in- all I'm going to say. So this is a shot. This is... I'm sorry. I know Tim doesn't like it. Let me do this. This is a shot straight across his bow. This is a shot... This is a story I have to tell you off air because Ooh. I know I know he'll get ve- uh, very upset, but Brim it- Williams... be. Uh, be warned
2: but then you shouldn't have mentioned anything I know
1: I know it's terrible broadcasting it's that narrow casting to one well, person
2: particularly as we can't say on this particular occasion what we'll come up and ask us at the bar at the
1: uh, uh, on, uh, on yeah. a tier 2, tier two tour because uh, Phil
2: I mean for a man so adept at spreadsheets and planning <laughs> I can't believe you didn't I can't believe you didn't plan the pregnancy yeah So the first a little bit more thoroughly
1: exactly right yeah
2: uh, the, at, the flip side is, unless you thought if you were trying to get your uh, parental um, what's it called, paternity leave during the Six Nations, that, that's actually quite a smart... Yeah, Let,
3: let's just say that happened, yeah. Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> one last one for
1: you uh, about French TV coverage and why I love it. Every time there was a questionable decision by a French player... Never made no, the big screen. There was
3: no replays, no. zero replays. The yeah. Pickemalls hit on Liam Williams, Not zero re- right. replays until Liam Williams is already in an ambulance. I thought that was school. a potential red card. So, yeah, which one was this? The Pickemalls hit on yeah. Liam Williams oh, okay. in real time. I thought, ooh,
1: ooh. Of course, we couldn't watch it, so we had to actually rewind the Skybox. Yeah, to that exact hit. But I do like the fact that... I, I, re-
2: I rewound my BT box. Ah, uh, did you? <laughs> uh,
1: I do like the idea that the broadcaster can be supportive of One Nation.
3: Yeah. Why not? I mean, I would do it. I'd do it every every day
1: of the week. Um, uh, yeah,
3: your nation would be France in that game. <laughs> nah, yeah, that is true. Um, I think it's an interesting one. I think that one is probably... I don't think that... Um, Picamore's was reckless at all. I think it was. Pro- that's probably one of the best examples of a rugby incident.
2: I totally agree.
3: Uh, yeah, and lastly,
1: before we leave this, uh, what do you think of the two second-generation French players that
3: were on display, Penaud and, and Entomac? So I would have liked to see more, and I think had it been better conditions, which we might get this weekend or later in the tournament, I think we would have seen more. Um, Penaud I, I actually think... Uh, the two try-scoring wingers got more of the, the plaudits, but the two non-try-scoring wingers in Josh Adams and Penaud looked the two most dangerous. They just hardly ever got ball in hand.
1: Yeah, Josh Williams. Um, Josh, Josh Williams. Josh Adams. Josh Adams was really good, actually.
3: He was really dangerous for the uh, Davis try. No, Thomas Williams try.
2: He was, but that he should have been tackled. I mean, fair play. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like look, well, every single one of Wales's yeah, tries yeah. should. not I mean, just it was self-destruct from France.
3: It was complete self-destruct. No, none of those tries should have been scored. Um, just one other thing from the, the Fran- French-Wales uh, game, France-Wales game. The defence of the French forwards. So I'm just looking down the stats of the Welsh pack in terms of metres made with ball in hand. And it reads zero one zero 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 seven seventeen. 17 and then the bench is zero, zero, 00110 one, zero. wow so the this is what the front french pack did to england last wow. year was just completely nullified any of the forwards getting over the game line so yeah, in terms yep. of what jb was saying the other day uh, the other day yeah <laughs> today about the uh the england's potential weakness is if and it is a big if if the french pack can stop them Stop Billy and stop Mako and stop Sinks and stop Cruis. Stop all of them. England will be in for a tough game. Now that is a massive yeah, yes. And
2: I think what you just talked about there is exactly the point, which is when all these guys are out on the field. If it, Billy's there, but you don't, it, that might attract a couple of defenders. Well, then there's space for Mako or for Kyle Sinclair, yeah, or for Maro Itoji. Well, not Maro. Maybe not Maro
1: Itoji.
3: So he's going to be out, but that's a big loss. That
2: or there's going to be but there's other guys who it creates space for. And then if you. If you need to st- get a bit of go forward elsewhere, Manito To out there.
3: Yeah,
1: right. and also you're playing in Twickenham, which is a kind of a big advantage. A it big, is. It's a big deal for France England that
3: it is, definitely.
1: So, so I, I'm not sure you need to fear France that much,
2: but you know, if I was grading Wales, I would say degrading c- them. I would I would see C or C minus. I think
3: I think you've been generous. Yeah, they 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 didn't win this game as much as France lost it. No,
2: totally.
1: I, also, um. Warren Gatland, a man who I I have unlimited respect for, said, "Wales have forgot to, forgotten how to lose. This will not age well. This yes, will not age well one bit because they are going to lose. They, if they, they can't hold the JB Cup forever. No, they are going to lose. And although that is a huge
2: motivation for them,
1: oh, this is the only thing they're talking about at the moment, yeah, Oh <laughs> the only thing. I, mean, I can't see him turning over. And oh man, England and Cardiff.
2: Yeah, that's, he, that's you know, possible. possible." And it's Ireland, Ireland in Cardiff as well.
3: Final game of the, yeah, they could be JB Cup holders right until the final game. Mm. Mm,
1: That is interesting, isn't it? Scotland away will be hard for them. Mm. I mean, look, the whole Six Nations is hard because the quality of all the teams now.
2: Well, no, you're lying there. Go on. The quality of five of the teams,
1: Uh, but even Italy are better. No, they're not. Yeah, they are better. They definitely are better. They're not.
3: Well, it's all relative. Yeah. So it's Italy. Italy are better than they were. When they first when they're started, than they were 19 years ago, when Barg- Mauro
2: Bergamasco was playing scrum half. They're, yes,
3: I don't. They they have definitely improved, and they're definitely improving under Conor O'Shea. It's just every other team is also improving. Yeah,
1: the the quality. I can't remember
3: ever the quality of the other five being so high. Yes, that's the point. It's, it does seem like they are all timing it about right for the World Cup as well. France looks super dangerous for the World Cup
2: If you were Sergio Parise, would you, I would stick around until I broke Richie McCaw's world record. Well, I mean. Just purely for selfish vanity. Well, how many (laughs)
1: cups has he got? When's he retiring?
2: Uh, Well, he hasn't hasn't announced when he's retiring, but you would imagine that. And how old is he? He's 36. I want to say.
3: 35 or 36. He can't be 36. 35 or 36.
2: And I would imagine... You God, would, we're
1: very you, different you, body
3: shapes considering we're the same age.
2: You would think um, <laughs> you would think that he's going to...
3: 35. Re- he's 36 just before the World yeah, Cup. Yeah,
2: you would imagine that he would be expected to announce his retirement post-World Cup. Yeah. But if he plays every game for Italy between now and then, I think he'll be maybe two caps, short. one or
3: two behind. And
2: he can also, I mean,
1: well, yeah, if he plays every game for Italy and they make a World Cup run, he could potentially, by the final,
3: <laughs> he, he could
2: win the World Cup and break the record.
1: Yeah, on the same day. On the same day. That's bloody impressive. Isn't you get it? some good odds on that. Hang on, is it quarter? Like they could final semi-final, final,
3: right? Correct. Yeah. So it's it's seven games to win a World Cup. Right. So he he can do it. He he, he If Sergio Parisi won the World Cup and broke McCaw's record in the same game what a game I think that's probably his retirement pretty much it's, it's the way he would have wanted to go out <laughs> <laughs> uh, presumably they're going to have
1: some warm ups though right so they'll count
3: uh, it depends if they're cap games It should be cap games most warm ups Yeah, well, I,
2: I, think, I think it has been worked out that if he plays every game for Italy between now and oh has
3: it right. yeah he'd be yeah. I think It'll one like or two behind
2: sure. so anyway But there's not a lot to cheer um, from Italy's point of view. Uh, They
3: they, they got got pumped. Yeah. Well, so, I think Scotland will be disappointed that particularly in that first half they didn't score more tries because they had territory in possession and Italy, um, other than obviously the tries they scored, they disrupted them quite well at times. Um, So there's some kind of positives to take from Italy there. But, the fact that it was only really in the last ten minutes when the game was completely over that Italy's attack did anything of note, anything at all.
1: Um, just thinking about it, um, yeah, you, you are right. There, uh, they do more than anyone need a little bit more time, time together. Uh, they've got a winger who plays for Trezor, who I absolutely love. Uh, es- es- Esposito. Esposito. Is it Esposito? or Esposito? Or
2: no, that's your favorite uh, Justin Bieber song. It is,
1: isn't it? <laughs> But he, I think he's a really good player. Esposito, he scored the last try. He did, yeah. He always wears he always wears a scrum hat. Absolute nightmare, night, nightmare to stop. Um, and Campagnaro, he, he, he did
3: play very well on the wing when, so, when they got ball in hand for him. Yeah,
1: they just need a bit of time, a bit more time together. I don't think they get the same sort of preparation time as say the other camps. They're certainly not in the Argov doing stuff, um, or right, you know, at the well, just, well, well, they're not, are they? Let's be honest, they no, don't. They don't Lef, get the same preparation as but, Wales or England. But. Lef,
2: but they're in Orson, a be- in terms of pre- in terms of preparation and squad togetherness. They're in a better position than they have ever been. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think but that's really to really. Yeah, false but they're
1: still not. Hang on, they're nowhere near as well looked after as. Yeah, but they never well, have been. I'm just no. saying relative. Yeah, but you know, in if you want them to be competitive, they've
3: got to have. Yeah, yeah. doing you know, similar things so to so Ireland, England. You know and the Wales. answer is I'd, I have no idea how well they're looked after. I, I know because I see a no, lot. I, of I see a lot of it on social media from England in particular, mm. um, less so from Ireland. But I know, but I'd, I've not seen anything take from no, the camp. So, so take my, it from me, they're not from Dean Budd. Yeah. Well,
2: so my point, so my point is that that's that twas ever thus, and I'm just talking about if we if we want to see an, an improving trajectory, you can't use that as a as a metric because Italy, with the fact that they're keeping more and more of their players in Italy, in one of two. Regions, uh, yeah, and also w- with, one with of the regions is now at, oh. yeah,
1: and one and one of the regions is now owned by the Irish Union, which is Irish Union. That that would be weird. That would be weird. That that'd be <laughs> what, what are they doing? Uh, the Italian <laughs> yeah. Union,
2: yeah. yeah, So, so, so relative, they're in a better position than in a better position than they have ever been. Doesn't mean it's no, uh, no, but they need uh, it, it needs to be
1: it needs to be a professional setup on par, and that's one of the things actually you can do. So, if you don't have the natural talent pool of Ireland or England or Wales, which they don't. What you can do is you can make the setup more professional, and all I'm saying is, out of all the teams, they are the ones which would benefit the most from that kind of, that kind of setup. That's, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of
3: professional setups, do you know where Wales are spending this week? Uh, oh, Poland
2: at that hotel, at that hotel, um, the thingy hotel where they do club call.
1: Uh, Rendezvous Hotel in Wakefield
3: there (laughs) (laughs) the the Wakefield training camp Uh, they are in Nice oh Nice nice very very Nice very Nice Um, because they're going from uh, probably a similar trip to us because they played in Paris this Uh weekend just gone they're going to get hammered tonight yeah yeah, probably did they're playing in Rome Uh, next weekend so it appears just from seeing it was uh, a load of the players were having coffee with the boys on the the seafront in Nice today. Lovely, lovely.
2: We, we've had coffee with the boys on the seafront in Nice, haven't yes, we, we? Beautiful. Just before we get, they got the cab over to the World Rugby Awards. That's
1: exactly what happened. Beautiful. Uh, I would avoid. I would avoid Marseille, like the plague. Oh, no, yeah. Montpellier. Oh. No, no, Marseille. No, Marseille. Marseille. Oh, sorry, in general. Sorry, I mean, there's actually quite a good chance you would con- you would actually contract the plague if in you went Mar- to yeah. Marseille. So literally avoid it like the plague. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then off yeah then off to Rome so
3: that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool week yeah so it'll be an interesting week of training for him yeah
2: Blair Kinghorn the greatest uh, I mean he he'd be in a great name 15 as well would Blair Kinghorn
1: very definitely be in <laughs> the best he, name 15 uh, I think it's also worth pointing out um, the quality well is it I don't know so, as I said the quality of the Stuart Hogg try when he danced around everyone but then it's easy to say quality Maybe you're not playing England or Ireland or France.
2: Well, yeah, but there's that. But he, mm. you can also talk about the quality of the out the hand, out the back of the hand from Hog as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, That's it's immense. Yeah. yeah. He was very, very good. I guess we can leave it at that. Scotland showed some serious attacking talents in this game. In well, fact, they have
1: very serious, impressive. They have serious attacking talents.
2: In fact, right. So, to round that off, I'm going to suggest, very quickly, a, a, a team of the weekend. Just okay. shoot from the hip. So, Mako i have got to be our number one.
1: Okay, who who is not who is not been picked from the England Pack? Um,
2: that's a good question. It's a good question, actually, because...
3: So... I can't I, think I, of I, anyone. So... Of note has to be C.J. Sander, who played 62 minutes with a broken cheekbone. Good God. Um, he 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 didn't outplay believe in a Now I would
1: love not, not surprised. In those I'd love to know this, right? When you get a broken cheekbone in the in the fractured eye
3: socket and broken cheekbone, I okay. Would
1: say. When that happens, do they put painkillers in uh, in you straight away? I don't know. Because that's a hell of an ask. I mean, I've broken my... Well, I've had a very badly bruised jaw, which I thought was broken. And <laughs> literally, right?
3: I stubbed my toe once. got it really...
1: Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Like, um, I felt... Someone, someone basically headbutted me, like, right where the... You know, on the, on the jaw... Whoa. Oh, my God. And I, in my adult life, I've never experienced this. I took myself to the changing rooms. I couldn't quite settle myself down. So I went to the toilet, and a tear rolled down <laughs> my cheek because it hurt so much and then i got in the car i had to drive home and i was it was it was the most intense pain i've ever ever I'm had i'm trying
2: to think of the most painful injury oh, oh it awful about. i think it was actually it was kind of i remember this was colts it was against reading and they had this enormous prop they were like, uh and anyway, I ended up I ended up in a splits position with this prop on me. So I had I was I was like my legs were in the splits mm. and, my, and my chest was on the floor because. And you were filming this week, the because <laughs> the weight of the prop was on my back. Oh. That was an incredible pain. But no, the only other one is when I, I actually did my I I did my medial ligament by being punched on the knee. <laughs> so I, I I did a I did a switch, got the ball, and the guy the guy just sort of dived and went to tackle. He was just this massive. Massive fella. And he just, he punched my leg. Sort of, you know, like in a tap-tackle motion, but with a fist, just to the joint just of my hit knee. hit right
3: in the wrong spot. Ping.
2: So,
1: yeah, I had another painful one. It's the same jaw, actually. In fact, in fact I still suffer from, from this today. And it's the first and last time that I got into a proper fight in, well, no, first and last time that I attempted to attack someone, right? <laughs> so it was under-16s rugby. And I was thinking about this the other day, because there's no way on earth, right, that this would be allowed to, uh, allowed to go on now it was at least under 16s we might have been young it might have been under 15s right and just give you some background uh, Colwyn Bay Colts went oh I've got so many stories about this now right okay there's so many things I need <laughs> to say, like,
2: I, I've heard so many I, I went to university with uh, Rob Higgett who played at Bristol and Worcester yeah yeah in, uh, uh, from Rithin Scarlet, originally North w- 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 Rithin originally and the stories he tells about the big derby days in in North Colts rugby oh amazing he talks about with such rugby. oh
1: because of course they beat the Scarlets they
2: beat the Scarlets yeah yeah
1: everyone still talks about that they beat the <laughs> Scarlets uh, Dwayne Peel was in the team blah 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 they blah. still talk about the yeah. Rithin
2: Inside that beat the scarlets.
1: Yep, yep, they absolutely did.
2: Lynethley
1: as it was. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so yeah. this tour, under 15s tour to, to Bridlington, right? This is how it started. I went around and got ten pound off each player, which was a phenomenal amount of money, you know, as a fifteen year old.
2: Yeah, a So ten pound off to of, to, of, in, to invest in pensions and uh... exactly what <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, then my mum
1: drove me to Cash and Carry so I could get uh, crates of Heineken, right, in bottles. Premium I, strong lager. Yeah, and I remember unloading the unloading these crates in front of the coaches and the other parents, are like rugby tour, rugby tour, rugby tour. That could just never happen, now, <laughs> could it? I mean, can you imagine there'd be uh, there'd be people? I mean, someone was uh, posting on Twitter about um, you know how the game's not inclusive enough, and and do you know what the problem is with the game now? Parents are too much involved. Like, we had one coach who was slightly homophobic and had no idea about rugby. And it worked absolutely <laughs> fine. Fine. Right? Everything was gay. Gay this, gay, that's gay. Right? It worked fine. It worked absolutely fine. Now, you know, he'd, be, he'd probably put, be put up against the wall and shot by firing squad. At least. Yeah. So, anyway, back to what I was doing. Uh, so, we were, <laughs> we were playing in Bridlington. And I went to actually attack a player. Like, literally, I went to throw a punch. First time I've ever done this. thought, this is what happens on rugby. So, you know, a rugby players should be hitting each other. So I jumped up. I caught my fist. I'm about to clock this guy. And as I did, well-deserved, a Bridlington player saw me do it and punched me in the face first. So <laughs> I, fell, I, I fell to the ground with what I can only assume was a dislocated jaw or something. I could not eat for about three weeks. It was horrible. Horrible. And I deserved... Every moment of it. And from, <laughs> that, from that point on, I, I've never punched anyone or
3: even tried to punch someone in a rugby game since. My, my worst... So back to where we... the Back to the first tangent. Worst pain from a rugby injury was also my medial... Uh, MCL, medial collateral ligament, which is what Marrow has allegedly done. Uh, playing away at Preston Grasshoppers. Ooh, local derby. And someone... Someone tackled me high and I was kind of wrestling and someone went in low, you know, like a a rugby league-style yeah, torpedo yeah. tackle, and just the weight of me and someone else up high, my knee went in like that, and the Ooh. whole of my body folded, and it was just, there was this loud pop, and I just started screaming. Yeah. It was horrible, 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 horrible pain. Yeah.
2: marrow t- Marrow's isn't that serious, though, we don't think.
3: I don't think, so mine was a, no. a proper full grade three pop. tear. Gone. Yes, yes. Nothing, yeah. nothing left. I've remarkably never had a serious injury playing rugby. Not one. It's all those tackles you've
1: avoided. It, it is. Touch wood. Yeah, <laughs> touch wood. Like, touch, touch wood. <laughs> I've played every week for God knows how long. I've had a slight ankle problem, a slight shoulder problem.
2: No, I've, 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 I ne- i i was going to say I've never had. I never had, because I haven't played a game in years. But uh, I, I never had a s- serious injury. Concussions. I, like now, if I was playing now, I would have been probably told aged 19... You got to stop for a year. I had
1: so they, many. They, they would probably make you see a counselor.
2: Yeah, I had so many concussions uh, in going through, like whatever age it is when you go through the the southwest and the trials and the what, like. So sick form basically. Opposite. Did you yeah, do? Yeah, 18, uh, 18. Did you do kids
1: kids rugby today, Tim?
2: No, it was called off because it was was a bit cold.
1: Oh, bless. Now, this is a serious point. People talk about uh, parents all the time, like parental involvement, how we can improve things, but I actually think we need to remove parents from basically all kids' rugby. You need one one facilitator there with a bag of balls, and that's it. That's what I've decided now. Parents are ruining rugby for kids.
2: Well, I don't care if you're a parent or not a parent because it it requires volunteers, and where you get them from, you can't be picky. What I do think, genuinely, is that coaches need to be coached that's actually how you why it. because the level of coaching i'm not i'm not talking about the mini rugby that uh, is a is at my club i'm not singling anyone out here it's just what i see that the the quality of coaching is really not very good
1: yeah but I, I actually don't even think people need coaching now until they get i mean look if you go into a top private school right
2: well exactly i i, I, I get it look right at, look at ireland their whole success is through private schools yeah, the, the international success that Ireland have had has come from public schools. But can I tell you what the private schools coaches, can I
1: tell you what the private schools aren't doing? They're not doing this nonsense coaching. where It's like, why don't we just let the kids invent their own game no, and no, their no. own rules? No, I
2: get that. But if you're getting to the age of eleven, twelve, and you haven't properly been taught how to tackle, or yeah, you need to learn. You're never, how, you're never ever going to make a top level rugby player. Yeah, you need you to just, learn
1: your basic fundamentals. You need yeah. to learn how to ruck and so on and so forth. But now what they're doing? Yeah, you know, if you look at all the. Um, all the literature and stuff—it's like just nonsense games, uh, you know. Uh, and not keeping score, and let's try and make it in, in, enjoyable for for the masses. Here's another thing: the masses don't need to play rugby. Only a select few people <laughs> who want to be involved need to play rugby. If no, you don't want to be there, no, yes, absolutely. I some,
2: don't want the NFL model. Where someone like,
1: told me the other day, no, right? No, no,
3: no. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: not with that. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. A someone told me the other day. Um. That their brother quit rugby because they were winning by too many points. To which I, I think maybe he just shouldn't play them. You know, if you don't want to be there, don't, like, don't, uh, don't be there, f- full stop. If you've not walked yourself there,
2: it's like the it's like the rugby equivalent of if you can't, if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> we were winning by too much. It was too easy. Oh, that's right. That, that's the other thing which gets which winds me up. Now I'm on this mixing teams at at youth team level is unacceptable. So they mix the teams. If like, you don't have enough players, they, the opposition will give you a few players. I think that's complete, com- complete nonsense. You want to lose with your mates or win with your mates, but basically you just want to spend time with your mates. You want to spend some time with some guys from New Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway.
3: So, back... So that, that's... Nothing wrong with New Brighton, by <laughs> the way. I have a lot of respect for that club. So, let's go back to what we were originally discussing. What were we talking which about? Which was... Oh yeah. Would, would anyone from any other team? Did was there a single in the pack pack a single forward who would get into that England pack who stood out from an amazing performance? I think uh, no. It's, dif- it's difficult because you couldn't have them both in the same teams. But Pick'em Alls was very good. He
2: was very good.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, I think everyone who played in the
1: France-Wales game basically rules themselves out of selection. <laughs> yeah, you're well, probably, like, probably right in Billy, that. Vin-
2: Billy, Billy Vinopola was good, but was he that good that he would oust Louis Picamore from the weekend? Yeah. Because I, I, I think I think Wilson and Curry were were absolutely outstanding. Vinopola was looked great for a man who's just back. Billy, Billy Vinopola is very much like Jupiter, the planet. Uh, Huge gravitational pull. Correct.
1: Okay, <laughs> the, Jupiter just being there allows all the other planets to exist because they, get sma- uh, because they don't get smashed by uh, meteors, and that's what he does. You know, like even when he's not doing stuff, he's doing stuff, and you don't even realize it. You know, he's a focal point. Uh, the opposition are worried about him
3: psychologically. It makes a difference. He's got to play. Well,
2: you two could probably outvote me. I'd go for Louis at number eight.
3: I'd probably keep Billy. Okay. Yeah. Although Pickham's would be very, very close. He's. A, I, I'd, like, I'd look, like to fit them both into the team. I, he, he's one of my f- f- favorite
1: players, Louis Pickamall.
2: Well, there's got to be a second row that could get in. Uh, well,
1: possibly James Ryan. Yeah, possibly. He, he was very, very good. He was good enough, though, was he? He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't beat. He, he didn't get the better of either a yeah. or Cruis. If
2: you put him in the rest of the, if, if you switched jerseys with one of them, he'd look.
1: Which one? Uh, T- uh, Cocker's law. Who, who uh, who's got a girl?
2: as in if you swap Ryan and Cruz around, for example, who's gonna... the number fives? Then we'd be saying, "Oh, Ryan's the, was the best."
3: Yeah, I yeah, I I think that, that's fair. You could swap Ryan for Cruz. I think you're making up excuses now to get
1: to get Irish players in in uh, in the pack personally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm keeping Cruz. Would anyone
2: get in the front row?
3: Probably not. No, and that's the most surprising oh, that's one, isn't so it? So amazing that yeah, like Mako, because Keane, Kean, Healy, and Ty Furlong are. The, the form props in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, although um Kean he Healy was a distant second to Mako, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. Distant yeah, second. Yeah, G- going into this game. Keane Healy,
1: uh, sorry, uh, Tab Burn, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, Furlong. What did I say? Burn. Burn, yeah, he didn't play, did he? No. Um, Fur- Furlong, yes. Maybe, maybe. But Singler did very, did very well. And also, singler has got a bit of an attitude about him, a nasty yeah, edge. Yeah, love it. Which I've never really warmed, warmed to in the past. I think he's a bit of a liability.
2: So are we saying we'd pick? Are we just being like, well, one-eyed Englishman? But totally one-eyed Englishman to say that we pick the whole England pack. I'd
3: pick the whole England pack. I think that have got no pack, skin in the game. That I'm was such a, such a good performance against the best pack in the world. Mm. Against if if you're picking yeah. the pack of last yeah. year, yeah. it would be mostly Irishmen. Yeah, Irishman.
2: Yep. yeah, I'll go. I'll go along with that. Um, and then scrum half them
3: Laidlaw. I could go with that.
2: Yeah, he was very good.
3: Uh, then Farrell. I thought Thomas Williams took his try well. Yeah. No, Thomas Williams... He I took mean, his try well, he didn't do anything else. He looked like a rabbit in headlights, frankly. Yeah, and some of his passing, which contributed to some of those multiple, multiple knock-ons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think Thomas
3: Williams is a gem of a player, and by
1: the World Cup, he's going to be probably Wales' starter, because I think he's brilliant. But just
3: to the, this weekend wasn't yeah. for him. And power can't, because of his kicking... Uh, uh, Youngs did play superbly. Well. Yeah, Youngs is good. i uh, laid law because otherwise we're going have to have to pick mostly <laughs> just, in England. Just all the England team.
1: Yeah, uh, and then Farrell, and then probably Manuel. Um,
3: a good I, argument. I, so I, I liked um, Johnson, the Scottish boy who played twelve. Yes, he, yes, yes. Put him in at twelve. Now he's he's a lad from Glasgow. Yeah. 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 Uh, he did well. Put him in at twelve.
2: Um, I actually thought for did pretty,
1: did did pretty well.
3: He was fairly quiet by his standards.
1: Mm. But I thought Entermach at 13 actually did really, really well. He showed some real
3: flashes. Yeah. I want to see more of him. Mm. I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see more of Pernod. But, Pinal. but Slade.
2: Slade. Oh, yeah. Got to get Slade. yeah Slade.
3: Yeah, Slade. Yeah. Uh, and
2: So we're going for Johnson. Farrell. So uh, Laidlaw. So we've got two Scots. Yeah. Two Englishmen in the back line so far.
3: Uh, back, I'd have, back three. I'd have Hogg. I'd have May. And I'd probably have Kinghorn. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe, maybe Liam Williams. Maybe Liam Williams, yeah. Because he was the by far. Liam Williams on the the wing, Hogg at fullback. Yes, yes, and Johnny May. Johnny May, perfect.
1: That is a a perfect representation of exactly what happened this weekend.
2: And Mm. and the fact that. Which is, well, basically, Ireland didn't turn up.
3: Well, they did. They just got battered. Yeah. Yeah. It it was the pressure that England put them under, I think. And John Mitchell, huge. Huge credit. Who's never been a defence coach, by the way. I know. <laughs> Huge credit. Well, to...
2: do you know what? And I will eat humble pie on the on the Eddie Jones thing. Oh, that's good. That's big of you, Tim. Because his, his conditioning methods, I, I, you just have to sort of say, well, fair enough. And whether it's down to the players that have done it themselves or maybe it's the clubs that have been involved, whatever the case, those players arrived in peak physical condition, as good as I've ever seen them, and... John, the John Mitchell appointment, I had, was very, very unsure of. In, yeah. in, it, not because I didn't think John Mitchell was a great coach, but because I thought... This I team, don't think he's a great coach, for the record. Well, his, his CV would, would...
1: Would disagree, would, 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 would agree with me. Would <laughs>
2: suggest, well... It, look, if you, mixed, if you had a CV... It's a very mixed yeah. CV. Yeah, it, no, it is. You're right, it, it is. It is, yeah, you're right. But I thought, because it's, it's clearly another alpha male, and I thought, how, the, how on earth yeah. is this going to work mm. with Eddie Jones?
3: I, I, yeah, I completely agree with that but point.
2: John Mitchell did a number on Ireland.
3: So there's two interesting quotes from before the game, one from Eddie Jones and one from Joe Schmidt, talking about this. So the one from Eddie Jones was talking about his work rate and how he likes to work players and he he actually conceded that, or the way that I kind of interpreted it was he conceded that in the past perhaps he has tried to work players too hard Definitely. But he is almost, I can't remember the exact phrasing he used, but He's found a balance that he's getting the best out of both. Mm. Now, that was before the game. The other interesting coach was uh, comment was from Joe Schmidt. So do you remember last week where I can't remember who it might have been? Mitchell said, um, "Islanders are going to bore us to death." There was a quote, yes, a quote where Mitchell had said, "Yet yeah, uh, Islanders are just going to try and bore us. They'll bore us to death." And someone asked Joe Schmidt, um, "Do you think?" You are gonna bore England, and he he almost like he was like he was triggered. He, he was like he bit it was like <laughs> Jones and uh, Jones and Mitchell were fishing, and they caught a big Schmidt because his reaction was when we beat the when we beat the All Blacks. Do you think that was boring? Ooh. When we scored three tries against England in the first half last year, do you think that was boring? And do you think did you reckon right? So just. Cash your mind back
1: now imagine you what's imagine that
2: triggered you, meme that people do when yeah, They start yeah, convulsing yeah, yeah. in their chair no
1: no just, just imagine <laughs> this so this is probably what happened right if we just imagine it's Dublin pre kickoff off Ireland are going to go out and execute a game the same game plan they always they always execute the All Blacks game plan yep Schmidt kicks down the door holds up holds up this piece, uh, the paper these MFers right <laughs> ripping up his game plan yeah. what we're going to do now is going to do this instead <laughs>
3: I've had it
2: <laughs>
3: that's what happened So I'm absolutely certain he won't have changed a thing because of that. But it might have just had a a slight impact on the decision making. Go on there and play completely differently, boys. (laughs) (laughs) But just the decision making from Sexton and Connor Murray as to when to run it and when to kick, there was times when they held on way too long before trying to kick, and there was times when they kicked too early and kicked badly. Punch I, was, I just thought it was interesting. As they say in... Uh, is
1: it MMA or is it... Oh, it must be MMA because you don't punch in, in, in jiu-jitsu. But if you want to make a jiu-jitsu black
3: belt into a brown belt, punch him in the face. Uh, exactly, exactly what they did to... Uh, it's the old uh, old Mike Tyson quote, isn't it? Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Exactly.
2: It's the... Uh, looking back at some of those quotes from Ireland sources, be it in newspapers or be it on Twitter, um, <laughs> before the game... <laughs> <laughs> Rolling around in the cesspit, you saw some things, and gave that quote from Eddie O'Sullivan earlier. I was just thinking, Im- imagine the reaction that would have got in the week building up to the game, or before the game, or since, had it been someone English saying that. Had Clive Woodward oh, hang on. And said, "This is
1: this is you hating, this is you um, snitching on the Irish again, isn't no, it?" No, 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 it is, no. it is.
2: <laughs> no, no, actually. Yeah,
1: add, add no, to I I that's them being out too late in the 2003 World Cup. <laughs> no,
2: they
1: were dwarf throwing as well, you know.
2: I uh no, I I I just think what else did it, they do, Tim? No, it's one of the things I love. It's one of the things I actually love about being an England fan is how much it we're hated. And for, and so there was nothing said about those comments if if Clive Woodward had given his opinion and said Oh, I, I would only have maybe one, maybe two Irish players in an England fifteen. He would have got absolutely hammered, uh, and, and he should, arrogant and he, English, he should, arrogant Englishman. And he so would, he should have
3: done going into the game if he'd have said that.
2: If he'd have said that, yeah, fair point, fair point. I just love it. It just, um, yeah, I love the Six Nations so much.
3: It's
1: good, isn't it? It's particularly weekends like weekends like this. So let's predict next week's games. Then I
3: guess, uh, yeah. Unless we've got any other business. No. Nope. Well, so there was. There was women's Six Nations and under twenty six Six Nations. Um, I think the only results I've seen actually are the uh, England Island games, where England women won handily fifty-one uh, seven, but the men's lost. So the Irish men's beat the English men's. Good. So there you go. I tell you what,
1: the um, one of the uh, results of the weekend for me was Irish 20s beating England 20s. That's exactly what I've just said. Sorry, let me just mark that. There you go. <laughs> I was uh, no, reading a tweet. Leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> no, no. Leave it. I was reading a tweet there. <laughs> what tweet were you reading? Uh, leave it in, this is uh, What tweet were you reading? I was reading a tweet from a guy called uh, John Nickel, who was shot down over Iraq. And it turns out he actually once flew with one of my co-hosts on my other podcast, Pilot Episodes. Uh, called Anthony Park Parkinson. They flew tornadoes together. So he's just tweeted to say, "I found you in, in, in my in my logbook. Looks like we flew together." Which is a lovely story. Very nice.
2: Very nice. I think that's worth explaining why uh, why your, your mind was elsewhere. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so and I, and I also think that the under the under twenties uh, game was the one thing we haven't talked about. The under twenties <laughs> Ireland England game. That was a good result. Yeah. It, it kind <laughs> of. Um...
1: So as at sale today, uh, I interviewed Ross Harrison in the uh,
3: hang on. Oh. In the sharky, we need an electronic bell. Oh, they've, yes. cha- they've
2: changed it from the shark tank to the shark to the sharky. The
3: sharky.
1: <laughs> they've also got. Now, don't make the obvious joke, okay, boys. Do not make it. Just think it. They've also got the ruck truck. <laughs> oh, God, I want to say it. <laughs> Don't make the obvious joke. But they've got. A, uh, there, there's a player who will be in the ruck truck today. Come and have your picture taken in the ruck truck. Oh now, God. you know, we all know what the obvious joke there would be. Um, <laughs> so, I was watching Sale in the. Is it just
2: a the picture they offer in the ruck truck? Is there any. It's just additional a picture, s- it's just a still. Uh, are there other off men like that? Tim, 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 I was very clear on this. <laughs> very clear. Um,
1: uh, so. Uh, yeah, I was watching Sale in the Prem Cup, and one of the real shame, shames about the Prem Cup this this week, it's basically meant for the young players coming through, isn't it? If you know, and you know, both teams had a few players come back from injury. Um, Sale had a very, a, young, a very impressive young, promising centre coming through. Um,
2: are, you, are you going somewhere with this? Cause,
1: yes, I am. Yeah, uh, Johnny Leota. I don't know if you've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Local lad. Yeah, yeah, local lad. Um but the problem was the under, the under 20s had, had played on friday so you didn't get to see all all the players that you wanted to either from newcastle or from uh, or from sale because of course they can't pick the under 20s and they can't yeah
4: and they don't really want to pick
1: their first teamers so a bit of bad planning there by the prem cup guys but there again what can you do yeah so yeah, I wanted to watch Nick Dolly and uh, Ch- Path.
3: Cameron Path. Red Wilkinson. It's loads of them. Aaron Reed, oh Wilkinson played actually. I'm, I did it.
2: I'm so bored. Why right. are you bored?
3: Let's go and predict next week's fixtures. All right. So uh, it's uh, is it semi-finals of the prem cup?
2: Yep. I'll, I'll be at one of them. Oh, excellent. Uh, which one? Don't know because I'm, I'm just trying to work out. I think I think Newcastle have made the semi-finals. Have they really? Yeah, Cause, they cause would have they, because, because they got four tries. They had to get four tries.
3: Uh, I've got an email for it. here. Here we go. Friday, seven forty-five. Worcester Warriors host Saracens. Uh, Worcester, who put out pretty much a first team. Yeah, they did. And Saturday, Northampton host Newcastle. Saturday, twelve fifteen.
2: There you go. So, Exeter Chiefs missed out. Pipped. By I Newcastle. think Newcastle. Northampton. Will,
1: will, Northampton, I think, will win the whole thing. I think they're very. They've got lots of squad depth in their first fifteen, and also they've got some good young. Young players who they can legitimately play. Predictions for next week? Uh, I think Northampton win. Sorry, (laughs) what? (laughs) Six Nations. Six Nations, right. Six Nations again. What do you mean? We've not even spoke about uh, the Kings and the Cheaters yet.
3: In the Pro 14. Yeah, Yeah, that happened. I didn't didn't even see. Don't don't know know who won, but it did happen. Uh, Right, what were we talking about? Saturday, 9th February, 2.15pm at Murrayfield, Scotland, Host Island.
2: No Friday night game this week. Was that the only Friday night game of the tournament? Uh, I, I I liked it. I liked it as
1: well. Yeah, I
3: did. I did I, like it. I do like a Sunday game though. My Sunday no, today has felt a bit empty. I much prefer Friday night. If game you had to pick
2: games. a Sunday or like, what? What would your what, what format would you pick? Because I definitely have a Friday night game if I could pick one, and then I and then I think I'd have Sundays free. I'm fine
3: with that. So yeah, two, I'm two, two Saturday that. games. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't one, mind. One, one on each day would be. Here's good. what
1: I'd like. Okay, I would like. a big game on a Friday night because that's really special so not Italy Um, and then I want Italy on the the first game of the next day yeah then I want the evening game Uh, yeah a
2: Saturday night game yeah
1: a Saturday night game in fact I'm alright with it if they have a five like a five o'clock kick off and then a seven o'clock kick off
2: yeah
1: Uh, but also you know a you know a three and a five is fine yeah which is similar to what we had yes but here's the kicker ready Go on. All the under-20s games happen back-to-back on a Sunday. Oh, okay. So if you really want to gnaws out a little bit later on,
2: feel free. Yeah, that's great. Or good. if you want to just know that there's rugby happening whilst you're doing other things besides rugby, then...
3: Yeah, you can, so you have that warm rugby feel whilst yeah. you, you, you mow the you lawn. just check your phone and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Islander are winning. Ireland Island under-20s are winning. Yeah, because I couldn't watch what, the Ireland... under-20s win? win? <laughs> <laughs> what? Game, game, of, game of the week.
2: <laughs> Come on, then. So what have we got Saturday first up? Did you say?
3: First up, two fifteen, Murrayfield, Scotland host Ireland. <sighs> are we going to get the mm. the kickback, the backlash from the Ireland team? Because I think under normal circumstances, Ireland would win this, uh, not comfortably, but they would win. Mm. So, are we going to get a reaction, positive or negative, from the Ireland team?
2: Hundred percent. Positive. They, they will be hurting, yeah. You're going to get a reaction. Yeah. But,
3: uh, has doubt crept into them? So, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. I don't think it will. I think, knowing what I know about, particularly Schmidt and Sexton, they will almost go back to their basics and they will get work even harder on getting those basics right and they'll have a very good, a very simple game this weekend of doing the basics right, get territory, get possession. Their line on Scrum will be superb. Their penalty count, which was very low against England, will be even lower against Scotland. And they will probably have a bonus point win, is yeah. my prediction.
1: The only thing is, preparing for Scotland and what they're going to bring is literally night. and no, There's not literally night and day at all. If I want it literally, sound because that doesn't make any sense. It's not literally night and day. <laughs> uh, it's metaphorically <laughs> night and day, right? <laughs> um, uh, because England, that huge physical presence. Uh, well, whereas Scotland, are going to try something a little bit different. They're going to be a lot, a lot flashier, uh, and I think they're going to try and move the ball a lot quicker. So for that reason, you know, if you're Ireland, you're trying to take a lesson out of the England game. Maybe those lessons aren't necessarily applicable to what you're going to see against Scotland. So just carry on doing what you're doing and hope for the best.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I uh, yeah I expect Ireland to to dominate physically, bring the brutality that England brought to them and and win.
3: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Ireland, think, Ireland win. Bonus point win for Ireland. Scotland, Scotland may well score three or four tries. Mm-hmm. Just remember.
1: The devastating effect it had when England lost to Ireland when they were on for a second Six Nations Grand Slam. Yep, and maybe that's that. That is this result.
3: Right, Ireland. the doubt, the long term uh, doubt. Uh, I know. I think Ireland have got better foundations than that. Wales, Italy. So, uh, four forty five in Rome, Italy hosting Wales. Um, Wales. <laughs> Unless it's raining. This it's raining, then Wales again. Yeah, probably yeah. still Wales, but it might be. A bad first half again. I love the
2: Six Nations, but is it wrong? I just, I can't. I am not inspired or excited by any game involving Italy. No, I'm not either.
1: The only time I'd be inspired by it is if we went back to Rome to watch it and got absolutely hammered on Negroni's and extra, extra dry martini at exorbitant prices. That would be inspiring. If that's the
2: case, can we get there? If, if we were to... I would watch
1: every Italy game. If we if were to do Z. that,
2: then can we can we get there for the anthems this time?
1: Yes, <laughs> the hacker.
2: <laughs> I miss the hacker. Anyway.
1: Please. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it millions of times. It's a dance, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so Wales for that one. And last but not least, France-England.
2: But before we just jump over that, okay, that, that's a problem, right? That that is a yeah. problem that I am. I'm thinking. Oh well, if I miss that, no worries. Oh well, whatever.
3: That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a problem. It is a problem. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I I do think it's so obviously it's only need more time, but I guess the point I'm making is Conor O'Shea needs more time because we've already seen. The benefit of some of the changes he's made to the structure, the coaching setup, the overall setup, filtered down to JB's beloved Benetton and, and Zebre, mm. and that it it is not a quick fix. There is no silver bullet for this Italy side, but having good, solid foundations long term can only help. Yeah. So I just you are right. I don't want to destroy. If if you got rid of Italy or replace them with Georgia, you no no replacing. You, you would get rid get, of them. Well, or replace them. Just anything. If anything happened like that, you'd completely destroy all the groundwork that that's, has been happening for the past 20 years and might take another 10 or 20 years to actually come to fruition. Mm. Uh, well, no, I think they could have really
1: good competitive games against Georgia and would, Romania. and
3: They would France. they would have more competitive. The problem is,
1: I think Italy are too good. Yeah, let's not get into promotion and relegation. Yeah. When, here's, a, here's, here's a deal I want all three of us to make. I do not want to talk about the idea of promotion and relegation in the Six Nations this year at all. Can we talk about just...
2: Going back to five nations.
1: Yeah, we can do that. No, but we're not talking about promotion or relegation. Fine. Um is it worth noting that um USA beat Chile seventy
3: one eight? I saw a couple of the tries. Uh Lusica looking good mm-hmm. through the middle. Is it Lessicki? Lasica, Lasica, Lisique, I know the one you mean. The Quinn's former
1: NFL fullback. Chicago Bears guy. Um Argentina fifteen. I guess that's not the full fifteen, beat uh, Brazil, fifty four three.
3: Yes, it's definitely not the, the full fifteen.
1: No. Um and Uruguay snuck past Canada. That'll be a good game, twenty seventeen.
3: It probably says more about Canada's current position.
1: Well Uruguay are perennial uh World uh, World Cup yeah. attendees. True. Uh and there are literally nobody no one I recognise who played for Canada. So that's in that's that's an interesting side note.
3: Uh right. France-England. France-England.
2: Now this one I have no worries getting excited about.
3: Three o'clock on Sunday at Twickenham. Yes. Uh, So, can France, France, who beat England by manhandling them up front last year, in a team that was missing a few players, that England team, can France do it again in Twickenham with a team that has Manu and Billy and that back row, just the balance of that back row is so good? No, they can't. Why?
2: And I would be because it's Twickenham. Okay. If it was Paris, I'd say yeah, absolutely they could, but no, they're not going to. I tend to agree. Is the answer? I mean, the and I'm not. I'm not saying that. I would say that if England had lost narrowly in Ireland, or in fact, if if they'd lost at all, just I'm not. I'm not getting carried away. But England are going to win the World Cup. I'm not getting carried away. But um, (laughs) back to back World Cups. I heard. But this is Twickenham. This is Twickenham.
3: (laughs) Never going to lose another match. Um, I do agree. I think I think it will be hard, and I think I think there will be a good test of that fitness and conditioning for England because I think they will get very little change for maybe forty or fifty or sixty minutes, and if they are as fit as they think they are, and they can empty their bench and keep that uh, onslaught going, then I think they could sneak away in the last twenty minutes or so. Um. I do think England will win this.
1: But I can also map out a route as to how France win it. Go on. Which is by saying nothing I've not already said about France and nothing I've already not said about England. Um, interestingly, one of the things I thought about England this week and how, how hard they were they were working, I do think there's a sort of compounding effect. Where when it's going well, you can work harder. I'm sure we can all agree on that. You know, when you've got that, that buzz about the team and everyone... Yeah, you know, the motivation, the getting up off the floor for your mates. Yeah, and everyone's tapping each other on the back. Yeah, everyone, it's, it's quality.
2: Maratoji, the game's where Maratoji would do his signature hand clap. Oh, see, I, he invented, cla- I
1: can't believe he invented clapping. <laughs> Quite, <laughs> in remor- That's one of my
2: favourite bits of commentary. I can't remember who said it. it. was, I told you, with a signature hand clap. Yeah,
1: good old <laughs> hand clapping. <laughs>
2: um, now... There
1: is part of me that thinks if France can go, okay, can okay. dominate the gain line, which they absolutely can, early door, so England can't get that initial push in the first ten, ten minutes. That'd be great. Uh, as would um, what was the other bit I was going to say. As would England's heads going down because they, you know, they can't use that dominant style of play. And then it is oh, then it's over to to um, Owen Farrell, who loses his head. He probably tries to do a high shot and probably pick them all because you can't handle him. That's a red or a yellow. England are rudderless and leaderless, have lost their kicker. France then Cruz to victory. That's how I see it going down. That's how
2: you dream. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, dream.
1: That is the dream. In reality, I think England would probably bonus point them for some reason.
2: You, for that particular dream, you might need a, a room on your own. Yeah. A darkened room on your own and uh, some private time.
1: Well, you know, what might require that exact scenario would be if Teddy Tomo was fit... And to watch Teddy Thomas not tackling Johnny May, and then Johnny May not tackling Teddy Thomas for
3: eighty minutes. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Just those two running at each other. Give it, one.
2: Teddy. Give it, Johnny. Give <laughs> it, have, Teddy. Have there been a bigger transformation in what people think of a player than Johnny May?
1: I don't think. I don't think so, actually, because I've always liked Johnny. I mean, specifically since he's been at Leicester, I think he's come on leaps and bounds. But I, I you know, when I pick an England team, I always pick, pick Johnny May. Very rarely do I not.
2: But maybe the public okay. perception is... Well, can we can we rewind? And when you absolutely ripped it out of Phil for saying that he's oh, yeah, I did didn't I? consistently world-class. Well, yeah.
1: Well, he wasn't consistently world-class, and that's exactly... Well, what what a, that's the point. Oh, no, no. But that is the point, isn't that it? That is the point. That is the point, yeah. because it's changed. Yes, exactly. It yes. is. See, yeah. I, was, I was right so, all along. No, no, no. No, F- I was right you. then, and I'm right now. No, I was right <laughs> I was all along. was previously wrong, and, and now we, he is right.
2: <laughs> that right there... that right is is that's jb in a nutshell (laughs) if you have just tuned into the pod rewind 10 seconds and listen to that again and again and that's pretty much it (laughs) it it,
1: it takes a while but we get there
2: politics the world of politics (laughs) is waiting jb when are you gonna do it
1: never never (laughs) Uh, so we're all saying england win yeah
3: Uh, yes but i think it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility for a scenario like the one that you described, that dystopian future for England. Utopian future for France. For, for, yeah, for France. Um, that is possible. Manu as well. Manu, early on in the game, put in a couple of shots on rooks, one on Ooh, Stockdale, yeah. where there was there was no attempt to bind on. A different referee or touch-judge or TMO spots that. And he could have been. I, I tell you what. Ten minutes in the bend. Stopping power is important. Stopping power is always
1: important, and on the England side, it could be massively important because France once, once they bend you, once they you know get over the line, it's the offloading game. It's that. Uh, Parisian racing style game, which is so dangerous. Racing and
3: Toulouse at the moment, yeah. So that's pretty dangerous too. But we we didn't see any of that this weekend because and the we saw conditions a bit, a bit. A bit. A little bit. We saw the bending the line bit certainly. Yeah, um, yeah, we saw a bit of that.
1: I think uh, as much as France can stop England, I think England can stop France, and that's a sort of a, an element which I've not really thought of. But hey, let's see how it pans out.
2: Very very quickly before we go, um, so Brody Retallick to Sail Sharks has been rumoured. lol this is like last week, the person who's put forward this rumour is someone who went in hard on people oh. reporting the Joe Launchbury rumour, didn't they? <laughs> so Mr. so Neil Fissler of the Rugby Times is having gone in on people that that predicted Joe Launchbury would go to sale and that didn't happen. He's now predicted Brodie Retallick, which makes me think it must be true. Otherwise, Neil Fissler's going to look really, really stupid.
1: I can 100% tell you, 100% it is not true it is not true they are not signing Brody Brody
3: Ritalak 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 Brody Ritalak would be a hell of a signing if they did
1: uh, maybe they've got their eyes on someone else who knows who knows I, 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 I certainly don't <laughs> uh,
3: you don't know anything do you Jamie no
1: I do not so I, I, I'm pretty sure Brody Ritalak I don't know maybe he is coming maybe he is but I don't think he is who knows <laughs> You're good signing if you could get him. Um, Leicester Tigers have signed someone. Would you like to know? Tom Vandell, no. Um, oh, someone from Canterbury, but I can't actually remember exactly who it is. Give me two seconds, Jordan Tafua from Canterbury. Mean anything to anyone? No? Well, he signed for Leicester, so that's exciting, isn't it? Good. Yeah, well, well, well Wooden Tigers, that will win you the league. Uh, right, Let go on. Let's uh, all go home. All mm-hmm. right.
2: Uh, if uh, Go and watch that video on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. Uh, JB is at JB at Moore as I well. I am. I'm at Cocker. Phil is lurking. In, in In your
1: DMs. Always lurking.
2: Sliding into your DMs. <laughs> and we may, be gr- we may have grown our audience by one by this time next week, so... Yes. Good luck, Philip.
3: Thanks, mate. And we might not even have you here. Uh, I'll be here, good lad. Unless I'm in hospital next Sunday, I'll be here. Well, if you are, we'll get someone, someone else in. Yes, yeah, someone better, someone yeah. more knowledgeable, someone wearing a less um, a sail shark shirt, no doubt. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Who knows?
1: No, uh, although, can I just say, John o. Ross has moved in down down the road. Where? Really? really? Literally Where? on
2: this road. He's on this road. On this very road. Yeah. Is he in a nicer house than yours? No, he, he doesn't have a dungeon. <laughs> so I was
1: going to surprise you boys with John O'Ross today, actually, but him and Sam James have got some events some on of some description.
2: He's but, a devilishly handsome man, John O'Ross. Yeah, yeah he, uh,
1: he asked me how he could get more Twitter followers. I told him be more interesting, which is which is <laughs>
2: absolutely fair. That yeah. is that is totally fair.
1: That's totally fair. So John O'Ross maybe will be popping in sometime soon,
2: and he might also be. I hope he's not handing over his Twitter account to you. That's, that's <laughs> all I can say. Let's look, let's. Look. I can't wait to see John O'Ross tweeting about Jeremy Corbyn oh, yeah. on. <laughs> very very strong views on that let, let,
1: let the boys play indeed let the boys play